Welcome to episode 76 of the Toadstool Boardroom for the week of January 31st, 2024. My name's Logan Play, and I'm joined, as always, by Chris Shriver. Hello. And returning after a week of misfortunes, we're really glad he's back, Justin Corais. Joining as usual, but apparently not always. What's up, everybody? Yes. As usual. Usually as always, but you weren't here last week, so I, it's, I, I wanted to change it up a little bit, you know? I wasn't expecting to be number two. I was like, I oh, know. It's my, I, I, it's I, my I, turn. I've been demoted. <laughs> the best ability is availability, and so I got knocked down a peg. Oh, that's... No, I wanted to give you the spotlight <laughs> after after you were gone last week. That's what was happening here. But we've got a great show ahead this week here in the boardroom. We're going to talk about Nintendo Switch 2 reportedly having an 8-inch LCD screen, a really exciting Sonic game announcement that I'm super hyped about. But let's get started with a topic that's not really news-related, but it was just kind of on my mind this week. And that is what we want next from Nintendo's biggest franchises. We talk a lot about on this show about what we want from the next Zelda or the next Mario Kart. We talk about that all the time, and I figured we could kind of spread the love around to some other franchises. So I have a short list here of franchises. We're going to go through one by one and just kind of talk about what we want next from them, franchises we haven't seen in a while. Let's start with the big one, and this is one that I think we all think we're going to see maybe this year if not next year, and that's 3D Mario. And Justin, I'll go your way first. What do you want from the next 3D Mario game? Honestly, I want them to do something that they almost never do, and that's a sequel. I I want a straight-up sequel uh, t- to... Uh, actually, what was the most recent one? Um, Odyssey. Odyssey? Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, it's... I think there's so much potential with Cappy, and I think there's ways they could expand on it in interesting and clever ways. There's, like, seldom used things that you saw in there, like the occasions where you get Yoshi and things like that. Um, I would love to do it. And it was just, it was so brilliant and fun, and the way the way that they have these, like, connected wor- worlds that can be so different and so diverse, and they don't really need a big conceit to make it happen, I think it's perfect for it. Uh, and, and like, I, I know that they re- tend to reinvent it every time, and they'll probably come out with something new that I can't imagine, but, like, I, I want to see how much further they can take this idea, because they're so good at that. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I wonder... I thought we were going to see an Odyssey 2 on Switch, and... I've become resigned that that is clearly not going to happen because we definitely would have heard about it by now. But as the years went by, I I became increasingly less confident that that was going to happen. And I agree. It's still what I want, too. I think that there's so many cool kingdom ideas that they could do. They could bring back a lot of the same captures and just use them in different ways and introduce a ton of new ones and maybe throw a Luigi campaign into the mix like the Galaxy games had with Luigi could be really cool. And yeah, Odyssey is just so fantastic. And Let us explore Peach's castle in detail. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Let's go back to some of those levels from Super Mario 64, but Odyssey mm-hmm. style. I had the idea. I've said this idea on the show before, but let's go to some other Nintendo kingdoms. But Mario's in there throwing his cap at Choo Choo's in the Hyrule Kingdom. Is these little bonus worlds at the end or something? There's there's so much potential for this concept, and it's interesting because you say that usually they do something different every time, and that is how it feels. But the last two times around, Galaxy One to Galaxy Two, 3D Land to 3D Worlds, like they've done this, and so it's shocking that Odyssey never got its 3D World or Galaxy Two, and I don't know, on a new console, I'm not sure if that's what they're going to lead off with as, as much as I'd like it. What do you think, Chris? There's a part of me that, like, would... I mean, I totally agree with Justin. I would love uh, a sequel to, to Odyssey. I mean, Odyssey's the closest I've ever gotten to, like, a Banjo-Kazooie 3. So, uh, you know, more of that, please. Um, but I um, I really would love to see 
almost like a mashup kind of Mario game where what if it was Odyssey mechanics at the core, but then you had levels that played like Galaxy to an extent um, where you were able to take over enemies, um, but you still had those planetoids. Um, mm-hmm. You know, maybe you did that for like a few sections. Um, and then, uh, you know, not necessarily the exact same uh, concepts of 3D World in terms of like, um, well, I guess I'm thinking more of an on rails level. Like, I wouldn't want that, but, um, you know, almost, almost that like top down, like askew kind mm-hmm. of look to it. Um, that might be kind of cool um, to, to just give it variety. Um, and then at the same time, I'm like, well, I want them to do the thing that uh, they I think of when I think of a new 3D Mario game. And that's what I can't think of. Like, I want them to do something that I it never would have crossed my mind. Um, and, and, you know, it'd be like a totally brand new gameplay experience, which is not easy to do. And it's, you know, uh, I think why it takes so long for them, <coughs> excuse me, to come up with these. Um, so I wouldn't be upset with either one if we got a sequel to Odyssey or if we got um, something completely different. Um, I think it'd be a shame to, to leave Odyssey on the table because like Galaxy, I think there's a lot of, of that well to tap into. Um but I understand if they want to, you know, do something different. And well. often, like, I don't know, I've kind of been toying around with this idea in my head of, like, Nintendo B-side games. Like, the B-side of a record is sometimes stranger and kind of a different riff on the A-side. And I think that, like, Nintendo B-side games, like Galaxy 2, is a total B-side. New Super Galaxy Luigi one. U. Yeah. New Super Luigi U. Tears of the Kingdom is a B-side to Breath of the Wild. Like, let's just take the same thing and just throw wacky, weird stuff and see what works. And Odyssey never got that. And I think it's yeah. just a big shame because often those are the games that stick with me more. I like Galaxy 2 more than Galaxy. I like Tears more than Breath of the Wild. Um, I think I like Luigi U more than Mario U. I don't like Mario U very much. But Odyssey never got that. It never even really got proper DLC outside of the Luigi's Balloon World, which is essentially nothing so i think it's really disappointing that that concept was never really returned to but other than that bowser's fury i think laid really interesting groundwork to what maybe the future of 3d mario could be if we're talking about this open area where you go to places that have distinct platforming challenges that kind of feel like a level just in this little corner of the map and then you come back and that area has changed and there's a new platforming challenge or a new objective for you to collect or a new boss for you to fight in that same area. I think that that's basically like having this huge map and then just scattering the Mario 64 levels across it. And instead of having to access them through a menu, you just walk up to it and it's there and and it's seamless and you start platforming instantly. I think that is something that could be interesting, but it's already been over almost three years since Bowser's Fury. It's like, is that really... Were they testing something there? Or do they just have this fun idea for this little three-hour experience that they added to 3D World? I don't know, but I'm sure whatever it is, it's going to be awesome because pretty much every 3D Mario game is, but we'll just have to wait and see on that one. But do you, are you guys Bowser's Fury fans? I don't really know if we've talked oh, yeah. about that much on this show. I haven't played it. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, okay. oh really? Yeah, well, because I, I didn't love 3D World, and so I wasn't extremely inclined yeah. to pick up the, like, buy it again to get the Yeah, the yeah, content. that's fair. That makes sense. Yeah. But Chris, you said you liked it. Yeah, I liked it a lot. I played it. I think I played it <coughs> at the beginning of last year. Um, yeah, it was around the time the movie came out. I, I started a new playthrough of it because I, I hadn't finished it uh, when it originally launched. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you're if you're strapped for time and you're a Mario fan and you you know want 
something Mario asks to play, like definitely check that game out. Especially if you like the way that 3D World handles, if you're familiar with that game. Um, it's literally the same like physics and like it, you know, it, it's built to feel that way. Um, it's built in the same engine, so and it's a total playground for the cat suit, which is awesome. It's, yes, they do some super fun stuff with that power up, which is one of my favorite ones. Let's let's talk about Metroid. And when you talk about what you want next from Metroid, you can go either Prime Four or you can go Two D Metroid, a follow up to Dread or something else entirely. Justin, I'll start with you. I mean, I want Prime Four. That's what I want. <laughs> that, uh, that, that's extremely high on my list of games that I want to see from Nintendo. Most, I'm really excited. What is about Prime it. Four? I, what does it even look like? Uh. First person, most gorgeous game on its system, probably. Um, very cool backtracking and movement and and things like that. Um, I I honestly I don't think the formula needs really to change much. I just think it just like it needs to be a modern iteration of it. But like absolutely like keep iterating on it. Like you know if you can mix in some new interesting powers or conceits that way, uh, I think that's enough to keep it fresh. But at the same time, like it's been so long since they've released outside of the remaster from last year, since they released anything in the series, I don't know that anything is going to be stale. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're so far removed from it that it's going to be like fresh by, by extension. So like, give me a new planet, give me a place we haven't gone to. I'm, you know, I don't think that Prime needs to be def uh, defined by Phazon and that particular like story thread. Um, I think it, I'd like to see it, you know, be the start of something, a new path, a new direction. Um, I don't know. Maybe we actually hunt a bounty for a change. Um, I certainly would if I get to like have a wish list of features. Like I would love to sp to actually make use of and spend actual time in Samus's gunship um, and take advantage of that. Uh, something that I. I do like that they did in Prime is you you know you would switch between your weapons and things like that for different applications. I hope I'd love to see them lean into that more and have different things that have different applications like you know using you you, you had your one gun to freeze then you have the the way version that would do good damage and fight in certain kinds of enemies and do something beyond just like color coding it but have it like actual effects and strategy and planning and modeling and I don't know may, maybe having extremely versatile gears because I've been playing too much Monster Hunter lately but I really like, you know, yeah, you've got planning out. Right. Yeah, so I really like planning out kits for situations, and I think that just the, you know, the lower versatility of Samus and her suit like lends itself well to that. Yeah, I think yeah, Prime Four it is what I want next. Also, I love Dread. I'm playing Prince of Persia right now, and I think that game is better than Dread, and I adore Metroid Dread. But I the new Prince of Persia: The Lost Crown is an incredible 2D Metroidvania. But I think that when Dread was coming out, we asked, how is this going to differentiate itself? Because the 2D Metroidvania genre is so, it's so saturated now. But 3D still really isn't. There's some examples out there, like the Star Wars Jedi, Survivor, and Fallen Order have some Metroidvania elements, and there's some other ones here and there. But Metroid, I think, just going back to 3D after... 15 years since Prime 3, I think that that alone is enough to, to justify its existence, as long as I think they're going to return sort of to the roots of Prime 1, and what made that game good. Just a planet to explore with backtracking and abilities, classic Metroid formula, because Prime 2, I know, gets a little into the weeds with the Dark World. Prime 3 has you going from planet to planet, it's not as exploration backtracking based. So I think that they're really going to go back to basics and just have one planet to explore and uncover and, and kind of dominate like you tend to do in Metroid. I'll, I'll tell you, the, the big thing that I want is I want to be lonely. I want that yes, feeling of I was I was literally going to say the same thing. I want to feel lonely. I want it to be desolate. Mm -hmm. I want a lot of corridors. 
I'm, I want to be afraid to open a door. Like, <laughs> I, I want to shoot a door and go, oh. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's some scary moments in Prime 1 when I replayed, when I played the remaster last year, and like the Metroid facility, the first time you go through there and, oh, yeah. and kind of what you uncover in there, it's crazy. It, oh, it's it was dark. Things and, go dark on yeah. you. There, there's, yeah. there's rooms with ghosts. There's ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> it's a spooky game. <laughs> what else do you want from it, Chris? Um, uh, I mean, you know, everything Justin said, obviously I want it to be beautiful. Um, <coughs> I don't know that I necessarily need a multiplayer mode. Yeah. It would be kind of cool if they, um, they had some sort of like additional content, um, just kind of existing within, uh, that engine and that, that space, whatever it ends up being, um, you know, whether it's like, uh, some roguelike type thing or, um, almost like like a puzzle box type room where like you had to go in and it was like you have you're hunting this you know creature or like whatever it is um and it was like these like bite-sized levels that'd be kind of cool um you know that you could rip through it as like just some some sort of additive because the problem with prime i mean really the problem with any of them and it's any you know first person or, or single player experience like that is like it's really hard to dip back into like any moment within the game. And I think we talked about it a little bit. I think it was last week, um, <coughs> but the last of us part two remaster, I think does a really good job at that where it, it takes combat scenarios from uh, the, the entirety of that campaign. And it, it, it sprinkles it throughout this like randomized mode. Um, so any excuse to allow me to go back and play, have some of those experiences within prime four, I think would be really cool. Yeah, that's a good point. Go for it, Justin. The one thing I would really like to see improve relative to to uh, Prime 1, 2, and 3 is the quality of the platforming, though. I think that if there's Mm -hmm. one, like, weakness in them, it's the platforming aspects of it. And we have a lot of first-person games now that platform exceptionally well. Like, like, I'm not just talking, like, Mirror's Edge with a free running, but, like, something like Destiny, which would probably use a fairly similar setup with, like, double jumps and things like that and gaps. Like, platforms beautifully, and it's really quick and easy and smooth if you wanted to get clever with you know more parkour stuff like a ghost runner that's fine too but like that that's an area where i think the medium has advanced a lot uh and i think could really see a significant amount of growth going into the destiny thing real quick before logan jumps in do you think uh, how would you want her to control would you want it to be more like a hunter yeah. Like, like to me, yeah. like I so feel like I that's say, exactly how she should feel. The, the way the way that she should control, assuming you also get the grapple beam, would be like right. a double jump hunter with strand. If, yeah. It, and so, if you're a Destiny player, you know exactly what you I know mean exactly by that. what that is. <laughs> what does it mean for me, who's not a Destiny player? So, um, uh, you can set up like double jump and triple jumps on your character. I think that that's pretty self-explanatory, right? You know, you have your little arc, and you can hit the jump again at any point in the arc, and it doesn't tend to change your how far you jump very far but like it's can be really good like depending on when you use them for like hitting like tight platforms and things like that and they added a subclass called strand where effectively you have like these whips that you can whip out and attach onto well, i mean in the game they effectively attach into dead space uh and yeah. uh, sometimes there's like little nodes and orbs floating in, in the air that you can attach them to and the way that they like it's quick it's smooth it's very responsive it's just aimed with your reticle it is not a you don't have to do the hand claw mechanism to whip out you don't have to like pull it out and then aim it and, and like you do it with it in Prime One, um, it's just it, it becomes such a natural part of the flow uh, in in gameplay. And you know, if you are not not that Metroid necessarily needs to do it because I don't think 
very late on that much of the mobility hasn't historically been that big of a part of the gameplay but like you can use it you know in like you know fights to quickly move yourself around get different angles things like that uh and you can do lots of really clever stuff with it so i again i think there's a lot of contemporary examples of things that it could borrow from a movement standpoint that mixing in with the classic metroid fam uh a formula could be a fabulous game that yeah, actually ties in really field. go for it uh, Sorry, I don't think she needs to feel tanky. Like, yeah. I think, you know, make her feel more nimble than I think, uh, you know, she has in previous games. Yeah. Yeah, which is ties in really well to what I was going to say is that I want Samus to control <laughs> fast and mm -hmm. furious. Like I said, I'm playing Prince of Persia. You have so many movement options in that game. It's crazy. And the platforming sections of that are more memorable than the combat sections. It's just how good the character feels to move. Dread, I thought, was the first time Samus ever actually felt fun to control. She is fast in that game. She has a ton of abilities in that game that make running away from the Emmys in the Dread sequences really engaging. And I just have not felt that in 2D or 3D Metroid. I think on this show when Prime came out, I, des I described... Like, Metroid Prime is like Detective Samus. She's just stalking around really slowly <laughs> and scanning everything in sight yeah. and is not very mobile. And I look at something like Ghost Runner, a first-person platformer that people really like, and it's like, what if Samus controlled a little bit like that? And you had these huge open platforming sections with the abilities that you're gaining over time. So by the end of the game, people will post clips to Twitter, and it's like, look what you can do as Samus at the end of this game once you have everything. I think that could be <laughs> really, really cool. You just, you just end up with Titanfall controls by the end of it. <laughs> yeah, that would be kind of sick, yeah. to be honest. That's what I really want, and I feel like they have the tech to support that now that maybe yeah. the GameCube or something couldn't have really pulled off in the same way. I think that would be great. But my biggest wish for Metroid Prime 4 is that it sells. Like, seriously. That's it. I, <laughs> right? I'm not even kidding. Yeah. Ubisoft just said the Prince of Persia underperformed. Dread did okay. It sold 3 million. Prime Remaster did not do great. There's just something about this genre that does not blow the doors off. I think that it has a leg up being 3D rather than 2D. I think that Dread being $60 and Persia being a $50 2D Metroidvania is just, it's a hard sell for some people. So I think already Prime 4 has a leg up because of that. But just. Come out strong and establish Metroid as a series that's here to stay. I, I think it is here to stay in some capacity. They keep coming back to the well, but let's let's make it a pillar. Let's make it a, a Splatoon and Animal Crossing and Mario Zelda. Let's, let's, let's make this the breakthrough. Yeah, I think that this has to be the one. Because what's it going to be if not Prime 4 after yeah. all this time? I don't know. I don't know. Also, I do want a Dread follow-up after Prime 4 because that game's just amazing. I like 2D. Yeah, when I saw... <laughs> When I saw, so Logan has in the show notes Metroid, and then in parentheses Prime Four or Two D, and I was like immediately like, why not both? I want both of them. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. I actually have been kind of I don't know I've, I've been a few weeks ago I talked on the show about how I'm discovering more about my tastes and what I really dig in games, and I'm really learning that I like Two D games significantly more than Three D games, pretty much across the board. I adore side scrollers, and that's why I think Prince of Persia came at the exact right time for me as I was really figuring this out. And it's like, yeah, just, I, I just like them so much. Obviously there's 3d games I love, but I think my favorite genre game is really like a 2d platformer. So I'm going to play hollow Knight next because I have not played that. And I think that I will love it. And Chris is making a face. <laughs> I can't wait for you to play hollow Knight. every, every, uh, at least once a week, I like open up the steam deck and I just look at it and I'm like, what if I started playing it again? <laughs> but if I did, it would be the only thing I'd play this year. Like it's so, Oh, I tried, but I did not like the opening. I found it very hard to get into. So hopefully, okay. on, a, hopefully on a return. And that was years ago. That was yeah, whenever it yeah. came out on switch in 2018. Or whenever 
You have an OLED. Yeah, you have a Switch OLED, right? Yes, I do. Is that where you're playing it? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very excited for it. So yeah, after I beat Prince of Persia, I'm going to jump into that. Uh, let's move on here to Animal Crossing, a series I know Justin's not super traditionally into. So let's let's go to Chris. Uh, <clears throat> my biggest thing here is honestly just like uh, quality of life improvements. And I think a lot of it is it, it kind of hinges on what Nintendo does, uh, what decisions Nintendo makes around online play and collaboration on the next system overall um because of the way that like friend codes work and maybe it's not even how friend codes work it's just like the way that you get into other people's islands and what you can and can't do within them how many times you have to talk to that bird at the airport just to try yeah how many times you have to talk to the the dodo bird like it's just i think during covid we didn't feel it as much because we had more time to burn but i think uh, outside of the pandemic, if this were to have come out, if this were to have come out now, I think people would have uh, had a big issue with it. I mean, people complained, but we dealt with it. Um, that's that's honestly my biggest thing. It's that, and they need to make Animal Crossing more of a um, like a, a platform um, that they are updating more regularly, like seasonally, or the way that they do with Splatoon. I think they nailed that with Splatoon. Uh, they got a pretty good with Mario Kart, uh, you know, with with the booster packs. But um, Animal Crossing is just the kind of game that is asking for content, like like regular content drops like that. And they actually did a better job with it with New Leaf, weirdly enough. Um, the New Horizons on Switch, it was like, all right, you get Happy Home Designer if you're a Switch Online owner uh, or subscriber, you get that, and we're done. And that was pretty much it. Um, so to I be think fair, we, I don't think they expected 40 million people to burn through all of its content in two months. I don't think they did, but I feel like at that point you pivot. Like mm-hmm. yeah. you you say, wow, people are like really into this. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to continue to support it because we're not saying Nintendo's a company known for pivoting. <laughs> if I'm being no, honest. they're not. They're, they're, yeah. they're absolutely not. But like, you know, at, at some point. I guess it doesn't matter. They sold the game, um, right? Like they sold you know, that many copies of it. But um, when you look at like the gaming landscape as a whole and just how a lot of other companies tend to adapt to like, oh, wow, we got a big win here. We should take advantage of this. Like it just seems like they're leaving money on the table. Yeah, it, it does. I agree with that. I think that maybe that's something they're going to do in the next generation. This is really really inside baseball, but in Kyoto, they're opening up another building, another office building right across from their current pair of them. So they're going to have three for internal development. To me, that means we're going to split up the Splatoon and Animal Crossing teams because right now they're the same team. And these two are ongoing platform games, at least they should be. And Splatoon 2 ended because they had to jump on New Horizons and New Horizons ended because they all had to move back to Splatoon 3. And I'm sure that's what's about to happen with Splatoon 3 moving on to the next gen Animal Crossing. So I think that maybe that's something we could see is that they see that these franchises are both just huge. Animal Crossing is the best seller besides Mario Kart on Nintendo Switch, and maybe they give it its own dedicated team that just continues to go. At the same time, I think that Nintendo is maybe going to stick to their traditional way of, hey, we support a game for two years, and then in three years you get another one. I don't know if they're going to do this platform thing, like we've talked about with Mario Kart. No matter how bad we want it, I don't know if they're going to do it. But yeah, I I think that'll be interesting, because I totally agree with you. That's what Animal Crossing needs, but I don't know if it's what it's going to get. I also think that it needs 
a little bit more of the personality and charm that the old ones had. This is a criticism of New Horizons I really have is that it was so focused on the building aspect and the customization that they really dropped the ball on villager dialogue. They, there's eight personalities and they all say the same three things to you every day. And that's a problem to extent in prior games, but really the dialogue options in this one just felt even more shallow. And the villagers started to feel like chess pieces you moved around in your town. Like you'd go to them and be like, hey, I'm moving your house, I'm moving it here. And then you don't talk to them until you want to relocate them again. And Animal Crossing started as like, I live in this town, these are my friends, I give them gifts, I write them letters. And I think New Horizons really pivoted away from that and introduced kind of this new building mechanic, this crafting that is super popular in games in general right now that it lost a little bit of its core identity, which is why I loved the franchise to begin with. So that's what I want from a sequel. And like a lot of franchises on Switch, it's a thing where they took a big swing and in the process, they lost some of the DNA of the original thing. You could say that about Zelda, about Fire Emblem, about Animal Crossing, about a ton of other stuff. And with the next one, I just like to see them take what they learned from this new one and then reintroduce some of the stuff that we loved about the old ones. So that's what I want. Justin, anything to say about Animal Crossing or should we move on? Nope, I got nothing nope. to add. <clears throat> yeah. Animal Crossing's not for me. <laughs> that's Animal Crossing. Uh, another one that's not really for Justin is Pokemon. And it could be. Man, I, I could go off on this one. What we want from Pokemon. Chris, I'll throw it to you first. I want a game that doesn't run like garbage. Like, you're the largest... Do we really want me to go onto this rant? Like, it's <laughs> the largest, that. the we largest IP on the planet. Like, there's no reason that a follow up to, uh, I don't even remember what it's called. That's how that's how disassociated I am with Pokemon. I am Scarlet and Violet. Um, like that game better run like butter. It better look amazing. The Pokemon better be great. Like, take your time with it. I don't care how long it takes. Um, they do. Or or make a sequel to Legends Arceus because that game rips um, and make that run better. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think it's as simple as that. But I've said this on the show before, but in this segment, I'll really plant my flag in it, which is go back to pixel art. Come on, just do it. Just go back to pixel art. It The games really fell off a cliff when you jumped from pixels to 3D models, from the DS to the 3DS, you can directly trace the decline in quality. And I think pretty much everybody would agree with that, that Gen 5 is the last truly excellent generation of Pokemon, and it's been mixed results since since then, and then the Switch generation has just been awful. I actually booted up uh, today randomly uh, Leaf Green on the Analog Pocket. Um, there's like an English translation of it. And um, just, so just green. walking around... Or I'm sorry, it's just green. Yeah, okay. it's Pokemon green. That's awesome. um, but uh, just walking around it and like the way I think what and this is a problem with a lot of video games overall, but I think Pokemon especially like what made old school Pokemon cool was that you were imagining what the pixel like everything that was happening in like this pixel art world like you were imagining it in your mind. And I think that's why so many people from like my generation like it, they really got hooked into it um because like you were a kid you're you know you're you're flexing that imagination muscle um and now you have it where it's these 3d models that look like crap and you know There's it's only presented to you imagination right it's just there it is um i re i agree with you i think it really needs to get back to that in order to capture recapture some of that magic pixels are in 
HD 2D is a thing and people love it and kids yeah. aren't going to care. Kids aren't going to care that it's not 3D, whatever. They'll still buy it and play it. And I think yeah. that the older fans would be thrilled if they went back to pixels. I'd lose my mind way. if they did that. Yeah. And black and white is a great one to do it with first. Because that was the one that introduced like the moving sprites in paddle for the yeah. first time that were just gorgeous. Yeah, That's Pokemon. We should we should probably put a pin in Pokemon there because this is one that, that we could go off on. But I want to hear from Justin on Fire Emblem. What do you want to see in the next Fire Emblem game? Um, <laughs> Not three houses. I, I don't want to be a weird, <laughs> creepy professor having tea party who goes on to date his students. Um, and I don't want it to feel like a Gaiden sort of game where it's like an offshoot, like filler episode with a dude who looks like toothpaste uh, or dudette to be clear um i i i, I want to return to punishing hard difficult fire emblem i want to sit down like i'm playing i, I want to sit there and agonize over moves i want to think five moves ahead uh and uh like do the math in my head is you know is this person going to die if i put him here and you know play it you know and feel in such a way that like that's a problem um and then have like a bunch of units show up all of a sudden and have to like pivot and make adjustments to it i i don't i'm somebody who doesn't think that fire emblem needs a ton of fluff i think that the gameplay is so compelling and so interesting that it doesn't need this enormous back end and instead can focus on that um really what i would like is i would like there to be less time between these missions like i do want to do some stuff i want some decompression time and i do like having conversations and checking in with everybody but at the same that also means frankly i want a little bit smaller cast of characters so that you know rather than being you know a mile wide and an inch deep i want to like really care about these individual characters and and get to know them and see them go on arcs like soren in path of radiance has an awesome arc where he goes from being like a trusted advisor but also kind of a racist a-hole to like somebody who's really part of this like big diverse team that you use to try and overcome overwhelming odds and things like that like bring that back that's the stuff that i want to see so you know yeah a mission focused narrative heavy um deep character drama uh and and just so much less of the fluff and chores between everything yeah yeah the personification of fire <laughs> emblem has gone too far right. I, I think it really did if you yeah, if you want to play persona play persona they're great <laughs> and I do. <laughs> it's a different thing yeah it's a different experience that i want yeah, and I think that I, I liked Engage a lot, but I kind of liked it in spite of what it was. I loved the combat of Engage yeah. and the battles, but everything else was I could I could take it or leave it. Everything exactly else in the game, besides when I'm in combat, I did not really care for. But and it's so good in the combat is the thing. Amazing, yeah, yeah, it was a great game. That and Three Houses for me was yeah. Did, didn't you? We were talking about this the other day. Was I didn't it you, Justin, it. that said that Three Houses was like. You spend two hours upgrading your your units for a battle that you could that could have been an auto battle because it was so easy. Yep, like yeah, that because, because you instantly wipe everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah and the, the characters like it had cool. Like I did like the characters in it. I thought they had cool character models, and I like they they did have some depth of character. But at the same time, like it it wasn't it didn't tie into their units at all because you could turn anybody into any type of character. So it's like, all right, cool. Here's my row of like four pink tanks at the front of everybody now even though what one, one started as a rider and one was a keeler and nope nope you're all just tanks now um uh, yeah it's i 
I unfortunately, I think that given the success of Three Houses, they're probably going to lean back really heavily into that formula. Um, but I mean, if we're talking for what I want out of it, yeah, I want I want a return to form. I want it to grow back up a little bit and mature some more uh and and like give me like political drama and intrigue and make me like make me feel like people are dying on the battlefield and that there's real stakes to it um which is just not something that i really felt from the last couple entries what is sorry as a non-fire emblem person what is or what are some of the last games that felt that way is it path of radiance or like are there more recent ones like on the 3ds like, I feel like Awakening kind of has. Yeah, I was going to say, like, uh, I think Awakening is a great example. I think for a lot of folks, if you have the opportunity to play Awakening and you haven't played a Fire Emblem game before or you haven't done anything prior to Three Houses, that's probably as good a place to, to dive in as any. Yeah, right. that is the... I think the definitive starting point for Fire Emblem is Awakening. That is you the only one I've played. It's I, a great one. Yeah, I, I think yeah. that's a non-controversial take at all. I think that a lot of folks would say, like, if you want, if you want to, like, to really get it, Awakening. Okay, because uh, Awakening nails the balance between battles and character relationships, and then it sold the best in the series. And Intelligent Systems and Nintendo looked at that and thought, "Wow, when we upped the relationship aspect, people bought it." And then they kind of, I think, <laughs> took the wrong thing from that and yeah. just jacked that up in every game sense. And the balance has not been struck as well again since that game. I like Fates too; it has issues. It's the three-part you know, red and blue version on launch with the third DLC path. It, the combat and Conquest specifically is great. And then Shadows of Valentia, I felt like, had too much in-between stuff. I didn't really get into that one very much. And then the Switch ones have just... They've been fine. But Awakening is is a phenomenal Nintendo game. That is a really, really great one. Frankly, if, if the next uh, entry in the series were just a new port of that, great. Yeah, why not? Yeah, why not? That'd be great. <laughs> And then the last one I have on the list here is Kirby. Uh, I think it'd be fun to talk about Kirby for a second. Uh, Chris, you want to go first? What do you want to see next from Kirby? I actually, I thought about this a lot today. I feel like um, I want to see, let them, and hear me out before you go, ugh. I want, continue down the path of uh, Kirby in the Forgotten Land. Yes. Give me a 3D Kirby yes. game. But I want them to like really flesh out the abilities. Like I want... If you're Fire Kirby, I want him to have like some kind of crazy combo system that works when you're using that ability. That so that like it's more of a like a rough and tumble Kirby that's like kicking and punching and like really getting into it with enemies instead of just like I shot fire out of my mouth and now he's dead. Um, I, I think there needs to be some like I, I want there to be some more level of depth. I understand that Kirby is like more targeted for a younger audience. Um, but I feel like how Logan kind of describes that game, and I agree with him, is like it shows its entire hand within its first few hours or its first world. Um, and I feel like there needs to be – they need to space out what those abilities are, I think, a little bit and give you um, probably more variety, um, maybe introduce a new one in each world, which is a big ask. I understand that. Um, but then also – um, yeah, just make it feel a little deeper than it is to control or, or give me the option at least to be like, all right, you can either play in classic Kirby mode, like the way that he always controls, or you can really like, you know, mess some of these little puff balls up that are running around in this adorable little space. Yeah, man, that, you just described the exact opposite of what I want. Not going <laughs> to lie. Just because when you say more complex 
like Psycho, I'm just going to be mashing Y more to kill enemies, and it will take longer for me to kill enemies, which is just not, it's not my cup of tea, but I get why you would want yeah. that. Because in Forgotten Land, they had the copy abilities, and you could upgrade them each to kind of a more powered-up version, but then it was still just like a press-to-win button, which I think Kirby probably always will be to some extent, like you were saying, Chris, but... I agree with a Forgotten Land with more depth. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I think that would be great. I think that I want more copy abilities. There's like 100 copy abilities in the Kirby series. And how many are in Forgotten Land? 10 or 11? It's not very many. Yeah, it's for, not many. Yeah, so if they could just build on that, I'd be happy with that. And more mouthful mode versions too. I think that could be good. Yeah, I feel like my my problem with it is like you look at a game like Mario Odyssey and the number of characters that you can take over with Cappy. And then you look at Kirby and it's like, I feel like you you should step up the game a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think so too. But what I really want from Kirby is I I want them to abandon the kind of vanilla 3D art style. It's the same thing I want from Pokemon. I want them to go back either back to sprites or something hand-drawn or, just, or yarn or, or something completely different again. I think that Kirby's gotten a little bit stale since introducing just this this two and a half D style that they've been with for over a decade now. You've got the Wii games like that, the 3DS games are like that, and I love some of those games. Planet Robobot is incredible. Forgotten Land is great. Return to Dreamland is awesome, but I think that they all blend together in my head a little bit just because they all look the same. And I would like, and Kirby, you go back, look at what Kirby used to look like. Kirby's Dreamland three on the Super Nintendo. That game looks like a pastel watercolor painting. It's gorgeous, or Kirby's Epic Yarn, or the Claymation Kirby and the Rainbow <laughs> Curse on Wii U. Like, I think Kirby's next thing needs to to take a big swing in its art style because even the spinoffs all look the same now. They just it needs to have the moment. The, it, we need to have the moment with that game, whatever the next Kirby game ends up looking like, uh, that we had with uh, Mario Wonder, where we all yes. were like, "Oh, it's you know, we've never seen this kind of Kirby before." Which is, again, a very big ask. Even if it used that art style, I wouldn't be upset. How about you, Justin? Yeah, I have I have two different ideas. Um, one is really in keeping with what Chris was saying. I actually really enjoyed uh, Kirby in the Forgotten Land. Um, and I think that expanding on that would be great. If anything, what I'd like to see him do um, is lean a little bit almost into that Mario Odyssey way where, you know, you're, you're, they're separated, but you're still playing in like bigger sandboxes. Right. Uh, And so rather than, cause it is still fairly linear ultimately, like going from point A to point B and you're trying to like, you know, not lose the secrets along the way. Um, Like Kirby 3D world. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just like, give me something where like I drop into this level and I have things I can do and go around and like power ups I can find. And like, I love that feeling in, games like that where you know you spent a little bit of time in a level and you start to you know know it like the back of your hand you know where things are and how to find things and you're going to one spot and you clock something they come check out later and i think that just the way that kirby and the forgotten lands moves and plays it could do that really well so i'd like to see that conversely the other option i would like to see and this is a uh kind of similar to what it used to be was i um i would love to see a 2d kirby uh a gorgeous 2d kirby um uh, with like a, a more Metroidvania style and lean into his moveset, uh, frankly, almost like if you gave me a game, like a, a beautiful 2D Kirby where he controlled like he did in Smash Brothers, I would be down. I would be super on board. Like, like give give me Ori in the Blind Forest, except he's Kirby and he controls like in Smash Brothers and I'm in. That is all I need. I'm happy. Really Poke good. it to my veins. <laughs> Sounds awesome. It's like in Kirby Superstar, one of the games in there is the Great Cave Offensive, where you explore this labyrinth and you have to find the 120, I think, treasure chests that are in it. 
And that sounds like a full game version of that. That would be mm-hmm. so cool. That, so, that's that would be awesome. So, I mean, that's that's what I like. I, you, you give me these ideas that now I'm going to dream about that are never going to happen. Lo- yeah, welcome to Logan's Dreamland. Kirby Warriors would also be pretty tight. That would be extremely. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> just, just, just Meta Knight and Waddle just hundreds D's. of Waddle Dees just exploding <laughs> off of your sword. It's already kind of what the games are like. You just mow through everybody. So why not? Just that corkscrew attack right into like three hundred Waddle Dees. <laughs> it would be so fun. And there's so oh many characters. Too. Oh there's man! There's so many from across That's the series awesome. they could throw. I I love the Warriors games. I know Justin and I both really like the Hyrule Warriors games. I would I just think every series deserves it. I've been calling Xenoblade Warriors forever. Kirby Warriors would be fun. Mario Warriors, I don't know what that'd even be, but I'd play it. Like I, I think that they should keep working with them on those games. Because they're fun. I'm gonna give, fun ways to exist in those universes. I'm gonna give two random shout outs to the Nintendo Direct that I think is happening next week. I think you get Xenoblade Warriors and Metroid Prime Two Echoes. You can't steal my Xenoblade Warriors call. I've been saying for like I am. two I'm years. I'm going to. I'm going to take it. No. <laughs> okay, I'll call it too. I'll also call Xenoblade Warriors. Yeah, I think we're getting that next. I think we're getting a direct next week too. Yeah, yeah I hope that, so. that is definitely happening. So that was what we want from Nintendo's biggest franchises. That was good, guys. That was, that was some good ideas. I really want a Kirby Metroidvania now. Maybe they'll call it a Kirbyvania after how good it is. Uh, but let's talk about another report from this week, which is eliminating Metroid from me from it entirely. <laughs> it's gone. Yeah, we, it's time to get Castlevania out of there. I know Symphony yeah. of the Night was great. Uh, it's yeah, whatever. Can we just call it? It's been too long since we've had new ones. Like, I've, let it go. I, I've always disliked the term Metroidvania, honestly. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. Nintendo Switch Two reportedly has an eight-inch LCD screen. So this comes from Omdia analyst Hiroshi Hayase, who specializes in the display market. This report originally came from Bloomberg. And uh, Hayase said that the Switch is going to have an eight-inch LCD screen, and that Nintendo's manufacturing 10 million of them to sell this year, 2024. And this, I don't know, this could be legit. This is a report. I think that this could very well end up being true, but... Let's just imagine for a second it is. We won't speculate on the validity of this and just talk about how would we feel about the loss of OLED? Chris, you just got a Steam Deck OLED. You got a Switch OLED. How would you feel about going back to I'll be real. I'll be real upset if this is an... And I think it is. I think it's an LED. Um, Because, like, the Steam Deck OLED is... It's big. Like, the Steam Deck is a big console. Um, Like, it's (laughs) it's a honker. Um... I and it's really ugly. Like, sorry, but uh, I, I mean, just, like, we do not like the placement. It, it's not it, visually; it's not uh, a good-looking console. But like to use it is is incredible. It's the most comfortable handheld I've ever used. Um, but God, an eight-inch LCD for a Nintendo console just seems way too big. Um, the OLED like, feels perfect. I, imagine, I think for an adult, it feels perfect. But I'm I'm imagining like you know my my six-year-old nephew holding this thing and it's. You know, yeah. <laughs> like holding a, I mean, I guess if they're used to holding a full size iPad, like, does it matter? Um, but uh, no, I think what's going to be, I don't even know if I could say it's going to be a shame. What's frustrating is like you've given us the OLED, all the, you know, diehard Nintendo fans, many of us have bought this thing. We love this thing to death. Uh, 
mainstream like market wise like it seems like oled is the display technology of 2024 like there it seems like most devices are shipping with it at this point because it's just gotten easier to manufacture and cheaper um and the the cost of tvs has really come down oled tvs um i i understand if they're trying to keep the cost down if this thing is as powerful as it is like that's one area where you can do it but um i really think it's uh it's going to be a kick in the pants when two years afterwards they release like the Switch to OLED, and we all have to go out and sell ours on eBay and buy. The- I think that's the part that I'm most upset about because the three of us on the show are not going to wait for an OLED model to come out. We're just not like we we need this thing day one, mm-hmm. um, not just because we do the show, but because we're insane human beings. <laughs> yeah. um, so th- that that's what kills it for me is like you're setting the diehard fans up to have to by which they've uh, done before it's no different it's no different it's no different i I completely understand that dsi and a dsi xl and then back to the small model here's the large model oh here's the small one again and they do it all the time it's just the the next gen version of that yeah it's just frustrating like because i'm I'm already buying this thing and unless it's like uh unless it looks great which i don't think i think it'll be fine um um, that's all I'm going to be thinking about, like day one, is if I play it portably, is like, man, this would be so much better if it were OLED. Yeah, I think that's that's going to be a bummer. I think that, I obviously first world problems and everything and all that. I, I just I do think it's disappointing that if they choose to go that route, I think it will be tough to adjust back to the non OLED. The day I got my OLED, my Switch habits changed forever. I am yeah. I, I talked about it on the show. I'm like 80% handheld now because of how much I like the OLED. Playing Prince of Persia on it, it looks awesome it looks so cool on the oled one other thing i will say is um if it is lcd um i would not be surprised if it was a 1080p screen i feel like it has to be at that point um like the the, that's the biggest complaint that people have with the steam deck now is like the led model it's an 800p display um and it doesn't look good like at all part of that was like there were color correction issues with that system when it came out but like it's um, I mean, even the the traditional Switch now, if you go back and look at it, like it's a pretty ugly display. It was just we were pumped that we had something portable to play on in 2017. Mm-hmm. Let's go to Justin on this. What do you think of this? <clears throat> uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it, how much it matters will vary. Uh, I'm not somebody who generally likes to play in handheld mode. So frankly, they can skimp on the cost of that as much as they want. And I'm going to be just fine. Um, it, it is, it's interesting to me, though, because I... You know, without being in their boardroom and knowing what their finances is like, I can't imagine that the cost of an OLED screen in that size is that high in 2024. Production levels in OLEDs, like you were saying, are, it, they're so common um, that one would think just by virtue of scale that the cost wouldn't be that big. And there's advantages, too, like OLED screens tend to consume less power and things like that. So there's a lot of advantages as a consumer to, to having an OLED screen over an LCD screen outside of the fact that it probably will be brighter, have better color, better contrast and all that. Um, that being said, I, I do think that ultimately... I think a great deal of your user base doesn't know or care about that sort of thing. I think that the sheer size 
of the audience for this is so big it encompasses so many people that while there may be a lot there's going to be a lot of folks like us who are invested in the technology there's going to be many 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 more who aren't and they just want the new nintendo console so they can play the next batch of nintendo games and so i don't think it i don't think it hurts them at all and even a lot of the hardcore consumers won't necessarily be hurt by it if they prefer to play in that mode. It's really only going to matter to the folks who prefer to play portable. Um, I do, I, I do think that this report sounds extremely plausible. Um, I think that if, if and, and I will say if if it is something that does have an appreciable difference in cost that lets them invest greater in the chipset going on behind the scenes, then I'm all for it honestly because really I want it to be able to run as smoothly as possible. That's that's like my number one priority. Um, I think a 1080p screen makes perfect sense. The reason for it to be 4K, you know, even if it's eight inches, the pixel density is so tight that you don't frankly need more than that i feel like um and like i i do hope it is 1080p though i wouldn't want them to go a lot smaller because there is like some rescaling that has to occur to fit it to a lower resolution screen if it's running below what it natively does like it's not heavy work from a processor nowadays but it is work and something that they would have to account for in development and stuff um and i'm all for making it as easy on everybody as possible so yeah i do i, I think i think it's extremely plausible i think it's a very reasonable thing and, and i i don't think it's in the grand scheme of things a big issue except that like both of you i will also be buying the oled model when it uh would drop <laughs> in a couple of years which it's it's this to that point no it doesn't hurt that it helps <clears throat> them how did the Switch get to 130 million units sold? A big I bought three of them. Left was people like us. Yeah, how many of you bought, Chris? <laughs> right? I bought three hey. of them. I've owned Justin, each one. Three. Well, no. Yeah. I didn't get the better battery standard model, yeah. but that was it. Yeah, I, I didn't get the you-have-to-find-the-correct-UPC box one, but <laughs> <laughs> I did get the, the, the launch and the uh, OLED uh, and the light. Yes, I've bought four of them because mm -hmm. I bought a light for myself. I got rid of it, and then I got a light for my girlfriend. So I've technically bought four. So, yeah, that's how. There's not 130 million people out there with Switches. There's, I don't know how many double dippers there are, but it's a lot. It's a lot of us. So that's <laughs> Triple dippers, why this, quad dippers. It's, it's also <laughs> why the Switch and, and just handhelds in general, Nintendo's handheld business has always been very good, is because of... It's everybody needs their Multiple own. Multiple skews, right? Yeah. In a household with, with kids, people will want their own people. And you're not going to have a household with five PlayStations, but it's very reasonable to have a household with five DSs back in the day. Mm -hmm. like, What's funny just, about that, though, is like, like anecdotally, like how many 3DSs did you guys own? That's, I don't want to answer that. Like, I, I probably owned five or six of them. Okay, I'm, I think and, I'm seven or eight. You know, <laughs> at probably at like what two hundred, three hundred bucks a pop, whatever they were. Two fifty. I got a lot of mine originally launched or, or like, secondhand. <clears throat> I think I got all of mine new. Um, My God! And it was it, it was always like sell it, get the next one, or like <laughs> yeah. like buy the new one, transfer. Like my, I still have my ambassador ticket, um, or certificate. Um, and I would never do that with a home console. Like the idea of doing, except for the three sixty, because. The, the original one broke all the time. Um, yeah. yeah, it's just, it's funny how you look at a handheld and you're like, no, I could totally just find that. Like, I know, the, I know the, the Sony just launched the PlayStation 5 Slim and there was not a second I considered buying that. No. Not a single not second. But a, a new Switch model, it's like, I'm probably going to be there on day one.
one. And granted, yeah. I'm a much larger Nintendo enthusiast. I'm sure there are Sony people who bought that thing on day one to replace their launch model. I'm not sure why, but I'm it's, sure that it happened. It, it it's it's also comically barely slimmer, slightly smaller. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's also true. Yeah, but no, this is only a good move for Nintendo. It's a bummer for us who love the OLED screen, but it makes a lot of sense. The something that interests me interests me about the eight-inch screen, though, if that is true. It's a big screen. What about Joy-Con? Get rid of them. I burn them. I don't know how I feel about that. Just yep. I don't know. I, get rid of iPad touchscreen button controls. No, 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 no. That's not <laughs> built in like that's the light. What I mean, do you mean a built-in controls like the Steam Deck and the, and the No, Switch? not at all. No, I think they'll have an alternative that will not have uh, Joy-Con drift. They they can't. Oh, okay. You just mean get rid of Joy-Con 1.0? Yeah, they can't release another console that uses Joy-Con. If they do, I think that's a huge mistake. Like, like it, it's so many people got so many people got burned by that. It can't it can't use that same mechanism. If it does, I'll be shocked. Yeah, yeah, that, that's a good call. But I I do think this is super niche. But backwards compatibility on an eight inch screen, not every game's going to work with with that. If you don't have Joy-Con, like, and they really like to maintain backwards compatibility, so I think we're still going to have detached controllers of some sort. But uh, you can't fit an eight inch unit into your Labo piano. So that no, my cardboard, lost. my cardboard robot. Bag. No, <laughs> I know. yeah, but but we'll see. Really interesting stuff. I I kind of believe this. Um, just just based on a report, go read it for yourself and make your own judgment call. But and I could just see it too. I think that LCD yeah. makes a lot of sense. I've been trying to get myself used to that fact and and enjoy my OLED now while it's still my primary unit. Until it's, it's plausible and logical. And if. I, don't, I think Nintendo fans are maybe underrating the excitement of how powerful a PS4 level handheld could be. Dude, PS4 games look amazing. Yeah, he's Chris is waving it's, the Steam Deck. It's pretty great. The yeah, the the increase in power is pretty substantial, actually. Yeah, like. I think I've said this on the show before, but I could play PS4 level quality games forever. I don't think they need to look better yeah. than they did at the end of the life on the PS4. And if I'm playing Nintendo games that look that good, yeah, I'm good for forever. Yeah, I don't well, think and, they will ever need to look better than and, that. And in particular, the, the ability of Nintendo to like optimize and get as much out of that hardware, like they, they can run on PS4 spec hardware and make it look so much better than anything that came out Oh my that. god. 100%. So I'm, I'm super excited to see just mm -hmm. what next-gen Nintendo looks like. I think this, I think this is going to be the biggest generational leap in a long time for nintendo like even from wii to wii u wii u was the first hd games we saw but still i still feel comfortable saying this could be I one think of the it's, biggest graphical leaps that we see in a long time. they they will just they'll have breathing room even since the switch launched i feel like they haven't had that like this thing's been great for like you know you're, you're basically developing on a mobile processor like th this is i think it's going to be huge um yeah. what they're going to be capable of doing and if that LCD keeps the cost down, which, like Justin was saying, who knows if it even does, then that, that's a good move. But we'll see about it. Uh, let's move on here. We're starting to run out of time. I quickly want to mention a third-party game that got announced today, and that is Sonic Cross Shadow Generations. I'm super excited about this. This was in the PlayStation State of Play, the only game in that presentation that is coming to Switch, and it's coming out this fall. And it is... I've been describing it today as the 3D World plus Bowser's Fury treatment, but for Sonic Generations, where 
Sonic Generations. It's a remaster of that game, which is probably the best Sonic game of all time. And then they're adding on a brand new standalone Shadow the Hedgehog campaign that is completely new levels, uh, new story, just like Bowser's Fury was for 3D World. So super excited about this. And uh, Chris, we were talking about Generations a bit before the show, and you said you were a fan of this one. Uh, yeah, I, I played uh, Sonic Generations on the 360, and now I'm uh, I'm going to put it on my Steam Deck because uh, it's real good. Um, no, it, it just does that perfect blend of, like, if you were, um, again, coming back to just, like, my generation, like, somebody born around, like, early 90s uh, and grew up with classic Sonic, but then you also grew up with the Sonic Adventure on the Dreamcast or the GameCube, like, it was this really great blend of that. Um, and... It, it there were there were also a lot of games like previous before this came out that um you could you could see glimpses of like they're getting there they're starting to figure out how to make Sonic work on modern consoles Sonic Unleashed like probably is probably the most notable among them um, and Sonic Colors yeah those two well Sonic Colors came after I think it was before oh okay um I mean Sonic Colors is also a great game but uh. Yeah, no, I'm very excited about this. Any uh, any excuse to get uh, brooding Hayden Christians Hayden Christensen shadow in there? That's so hard to say. That rumor is true. I am gonna be dude. He's yeah. perfect. He the, is this perfect is uh, by the way, this is for yeah. Shadow being voiced by Hayden Christensen in the third Sonic movie, which is coming up. Yeah, this year. That's, that's the hot rumor right now. I'm absolutely here for it. Yeah, Sonic Generations is awesome. It is one of the first games that sheds... It, it leaves everything behind that's not good. Like Sonic Unleashed, the Werehog is terrible. Playing <laughs> as other characters is usually terrible. And, and it's only about a five or six hour runtime, but they were okay with that, finally. They were finally okay shipping a shorter game, but all the content in that game is good. And that was the secret sauce they needed to nail, and they did nail it there with Sonic Generations. I've been playing it this week with the FPS boost on the Xbox Series consoles. It's backwards compatible oh, yeah. through that, and it looks amazing. Like It doesn't even really need this remaster because it still looks and runs really good, but uh, I am excited. It's coming to a Nintendo platform for the first time. There is a 3DS version, but it's an entirely different game. And then PlayStation and Xbox, obviously, too. But, Justin, any thoughts on this one? Yeah, so I've never in my life played a 3D Sonic the Hedgehog game. Not a single one. Um, this is only the one. And, yeah, I'm really intrigued, actually. Uh, I'm, I'm really into this. It looked really cool from the trailer. Um, I am, you know, just having heard feedback from folks who are, like, fans of the franchise about their feelings towards Sonic Generations, um, I'm extremely on board with this. I really want to check it out. Um, it's going to be one that, as soon as it's available, I, I will dive, dive into. Yeah, it's, it's I will just say, cool. go for it. Yeah, sorry if you, uh, Justin, because I know you have a Steam Deck OLED. There is a demo for the original version uh, on there. If you just want to like dip your toe into mm, it, I can do that. Um, yeah, you could check both. Yeah. Uh, you know, the classic style Sonic, more modernized, and then uh, the 3D Sonic levels out in there. I'm sure. Yeah, it's it's just such a good game. I, uh, you guys know, diehard Sonic fan for life. But I'm not a die I'm not a defender, right? I recognize that most 3D games are just terrible. They are just so many of the games in the 2000s before 2010 where they really figured it out and then they lost their way again. They're just awful. I wouldn't recommend them to anybody. I've just played them because I'm I'm a diehard, right? But Sonic Generations is a legitimately great game. Like it is just no ifs and buts, no caveats, no big drawbacks. It's a great game. It is a platform by, that I recommend. Followed by Sonic and the Black Knight. And uh, Sonic 06? <laughs> no, sir. Black Knight's not as bad as people say. It's just like... No, it, it actually one. isn't. 
Yeah. yeah. It's Seeker Rings is awful. But anyways, this game is awesome. I'm so excited it's getting new life with new content that looked really cool, by the way. The shadow stuff looked really awesome. It really so, did. Yeah, I, I can't wait for this. I can't wait for my edgy boy and <laughs> and my two hedgehogs to, to come back in this fall. It's gonna be really cool. Um but yeah, and also Justin, you classic Sonic guy at all? Sonic Mania, the original. Yeah, so like Genesis? Sonic one, one, two, and three, Sonic and Knuckles, like that's what I grew up on. And so I big yeah. fan. I, I say of the whole set, Sonic two is my favorite, near and dear to my heart. I remember when it came out, and the idea of being able to play like a platformer like that with that seamless co op was incredible. And as somebody who played with his brother, being able to like have one person basically just stay alive as Sonic while the other one did all the heavy lifting is great. I still to this day think if I ever suffer from anxiety, it's probably because of that water level and the music that gets more and more intense right before you die. Uh, so yeah, uh, I, I, I'm extremely comfortable with, with the, the 2d portion of Sonic. It's just, I you know did not have a dreamcast and haven't really messed with them in many years. Yeah. Well, yeah, Generations has that too. It has classic Sonic levels where you're playing 2D side-scrolling, spin dash, all that stuff. Mm. Um, and the novelty of playing as modern Sonic in classic zones has totally worn off at this point because they do that all the time. But running as classic Sonic through like stuff from 2000 Sonic games, like City Escape, but your classic <gasps> Sonic, that stuff is, <laughs> is insanely cool. And I, I can't wait for it to come back and for new people to try it out because yeah, it's it's very good. It's the best time ever to be a Sonic fan right now, by the way. Like with the movies being as good as they are mm -hmm. and games actually being pretty solid, like it's actually a pretty solid time right now after a decade of just where you, you, you misery. <laughs> decade of darkness. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Our last uh, main topic here is uh, this is really brief, but Universal's new Epic Universe theme park includes Super Nintendo World. This is in Orlando. It's opening in 2025. And we learned the Donkey Kong expansion is going to be a part of this one. So DK is coming to America here in uh, through the Florida theme park. I'm not sure if he's coming to the California one, but very cool that next year that's going to open up there. And I'll use that as a bridge into the Mario versus Donkey Kong demo, which is out right now on the Nintendo Switch eShop. It dropped literally moments before we hopped on to record this episode. Uh, that game is out in just about two and a half weeks now. And Chris and I have both played this demo. It's very brief, only four levels. Chris, what'd you think? It's Mario vs. Donkey Kong. Um, there was a part of me that was like, wow, it looks really good. And then I sat there for a second and went, yeah, it better look good. There's not a whole lot happening on the screen. <laughs> That's very true. But uh, no, I mean, if you're, you know, if you are it, the type of person that is into, like, I want to play a puzzle game that uh, they're bite-sized levels. You can get through them in about two to three minutes. Um, you know, if that's your deal, Angry Birds, right? Um, then you'll probably enjoy this game. Um, the question is, are you willing to pay $50 for it? Like we talked about on previous episodes. Yes. Yeah, I thought it was fun. It ran well. It looked good. Yeah. Uh, sounded nice. It's it's a charming game. I kind of liken it to, it's it's like 2D Captain Toad, honestly. Or you could say I, Captain Toad is 3D Mario versus Donkey Kong. I almost made that comparison, and I was like, if I make that, is Logan going to yell at me because of how much he loves Captain Toad? I agree with it. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a great comparison. I think that obviously Mario has much more movement than Captain Toad does. Mario can do backflips <laughs> can and, jump. and Toad can't even lift his feet off the ground. But it, it definitely has that same feel of you're solving these very mechanical puzzles. You need to get to the goal and there's three things to grab along the way. Like it's, it's very much like that kind of puzzle setup, which is a setup I love. So I think I'm really, really going to dig this game. But yeah, no, that's I'm out. To play it. That's out. Let's see. What, what day is it today? That it's is out 16th. on February 16th. Yeah. 
February 16th, two and a half weeks from now, we'll be talking about that. We do have to run. Chris was going to talk about Earthbound. We'll hear about that next week. It's the documentary. One word. What'd you think of it? Uh, good. Good. Okay. <laughs> Look forward to Chris's good review of the Earthbound documentary next week, as well as some other goodies he wanted to talk about. Um, we also have a question. We'll talk about weird Nintendo peripherals. Derek sent that in. We'll get to that next week. And real quick, Tim sent in... Just sending a hand up for whenever Community 3DS slash Wii U online play happens. And Tim specifically highlighted Kid Icarus Uprising. So I've decided that is going to happen. I am i haven't put it all together yet, but I'm going to tentatively shout out right now. Saturday, February. Let's see, what's the first Saturday in February? 10th. Saturday, February 10th. Kid Icarus Uprising. Toadstool Boardroom Online. If you're a fan who has a 3DS and Get a Curse Uprising, be there. Because uh, we're going to try and make that work. Don't have a time yet, but I'm just going to float that out there. You guys in? You're probably not in. I Best will, have the game. I I will put it on my calendar. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Chris will probably be there. Yeah, Maybe. we will. Uh, Logan and I will we'll talk about coordinating um, You know how exactly that's going to work. Uh, we could probably just... like get a discord invite out there uh yeah and, and i can i can Hang build that the, whole config i can yeah, figure out some of the logistics at least that's, yeah. that's kind of my thing yeah <laughs> <laughs> and we will play kid Icarus uprising and maybe mario kart 7 maybe some smash brothers 3ds yeah we'll find some stuff to do on 3ds yeah. that'll be a ton of fun so look forward to that but that is another episode of the toadstool boardroom in the books a weekly nintendo show here on thursdays noon pacific 3 p.m eastern apple podcast spotify video version on youtube audio version wherever else you like to listen to your podcast justin where can people find you online you can find me on twitter at k-o-r-e-i-s where can you find chris shriver at online shrives 93 you can find myself at Logan J. Plant. Find the show at Toadstool BR. Email us, toadstoolboardroom at gmail.com. Email us if you want to be part of this Kid Icarus Uprising and other 3DS games online play day on uh, Saturday, February 10th. That would be a ton of fun. Have a great week. Until next time, we'll see. Uh, what was I? I'm messing up my outro. We'll see you next time right here in the Toadstool Boardroom. <laughs> we'll fix it in post. We won't fix it in post. We won't. I know we won't. No. <laughs>